Hey, what's going on, everyone? That you know, I got so in stereo podcast is back. We are now on episode 46. We've got Sean, Nathan, and Wanye here of Boys to Men. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we just got we got Kyle, Tom, and Ed as usual. And guys, we made it to another week of R&B. Uh, it was a good week for R&B. We had some new releases. We had some new singles from some of our favorite artists. So. I'm excited. Yeah, and some big news down the pike, too. So it was a big week. And, guys, it's yep. a national holiday today, or at least it should be. I know you guys don't care, but baseball is back, finally. It is indeed opening day because my Twitter is going nuts. So <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> we actually got you here, Tom. Jeez. I know. That's a holiday? The, street somewhere. the Braves don't play until tomorrow, but I'm here today. Celebrating early. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like Tom was mentioning, a couple of new releases that came out. I want to start out with those first, you know, because it's a lot more civilized if we do it in the beginning than later on where it gets kind of crazy. But um, Ed, Leela James, I know you love Leela James. She put out her new album. She did. Um, And I haven't had a chance to write up a review yet, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty solid release. Leela's one of those artists who almost always comes with, she's never going to let you down with a lackluster release, so... Pretty much, if you get a Leela album, you're going to get something with quality. It's a good range of um, slower jams and up-tempo songs. If you're a fan of her album, uh, if you're a fan of her, I think you should pick up the album. Decent, decent release. And judging by kind of the weak start that R&B has had this year so far with album releases, it's something that we really needed. So, good for Leela. Solid release. Can I just add one thing about Leela James? She's actually on tour mm-hmm. right now. Um, she's doing a, uh, U.S. tour, doing some actually pretty big venues. We're doing a ticket giveaway for her show in New York City. She's performing at the Apollo, headlining that, which is huge. She's got Daily yeah. supporting her. And uh, she's also joining Maxwell on his upcoming tour for a few dates, so that's pretty cool. She's doing big things right now. Yeah, Very shout nice. out to the homie. She's doing it. Speaking of Daily, though, doesn't he have a new song out with Joe Scott? Yes, he does. Until the pain is gone, we j- he put the video out too, and we just featured it on our March Spotify R and B Best of playlist. So if, if you haven't checked that out, you can check it out. We put some of the best songs of the month on there. It's on the site now. But yeah, Daily's back, and that's definitely one of the best ones. Great, really loved that song. Disappointed that Jilly didn't make it for the video, but oh well, that's how it goes. Yeah, Great I, song, would, I, I noticed she was missing from the video. I, w- I was looking for her, but. What can you do? It's kind of crazy though. Daly's been gone for a minute, and he comes he comes out with a new song, and his stands just come out of nowhere. And I'm like, man, there's actually a lot of Daly fans out there. They are, man. They like that morning that the song first released. I woke up and I had like four links with people saying, "Check this out, check this out, my boy's back." So Daly's fans are out there and they're representing. And in this case, more power to them because the songs are banging. Very nice. There was another album that came out on Friday, which is La Portia Renee on Motown. American Idol fans will recognize her. She was on the last season of it. I believe she was the runner-up. So she put out her new album, and I'm sure you guys have heard her single, Good Woman, on Urban AC. Um, I listened to the album, actually, um, and uh, it was it was pretty good for a debut album. It I, I Initially, I thought every song was going to be like Good Woman, which was the angry female ballad type of power record but it wasn't that it there was a lot of diversity on it maybe a little too diverse i couldn't there was really no common sound on the album but maybe that's a good thing uh there's a song that neil wrote on there that i really like called somebody does and uh my boy harmony produced the majority of the album so a lot of different sounds on there it kind of reminds me of uh fantasia's not her not her latest album, but the one before that, the uh, the definition of I think it was called. It was sort of like that, or no? I'm sorry, it was called the side effects of you, right? Yeah, that was the one. Right. Yeah, that. Was yeah, the definition one. Yeah. of was the more recent one. Right, right. So the side effects um, kind of sounds like that album, which would make sense because it's the same producer. But uh, yeah, check out that album as well. Had a couple of good songs on there. And then uh, for April, we, we had, like I mentioned, we had a few new releases this week. Mary J's new single uh, with Kanye West is out called Love Yourself, produced by our boy DJ Camper. I think he's been talking about that one to us for a couple years now. Uh, 
Mac Wilds, our other boy, is back with a new single called Explore, and he has a new project coming out after hours. Guys, hasn't Mac Wilds made it into our top ten songs of the year the past the past two years? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, the past two years straight. And yeah, so he's. We'll see if he can do it again this year. And then uh, this one I was excited about. Molly Music had a new single just come out. Gonna be all right. Produced by Salam Remy. Now that guy has fans. I mean, I don't know. Yes. Do you see that too, Ed? Oh, I definitely do. Yeah, and his song is pretty good. So excited about his return as well. And then uh, is he still on RCA? He is, yeah, signed to, uh, uh, the the name escapes me, the label, uh, the same one that um, Miguel is on, and uh, I think oh, it's Mark Pitts who owns it. Yeah, By Storm. Yeah. He's on there. Yeah. So, bunch of releases coming in April, though. We got Eric Roberson's EP, Avery Sunshine, PJ Morton, and of course, Mary J. Blige. So, some good stuff in store. Can we talk about that uh, that new Mary J. Blige song with Kanye, though? Yeah, go for we it. We definitely should because, man, the internet was losing its mind. What do well, y'all think about all, it before I step in? Well, let me first say this. From the three songs that she's released so far, this might be her best album in a couple of years. Now, Ed, I know you like that My Life 2 album. Had a couple of decent songs on there, but I think this one might be her best album in 10 years from from the looks of the first three songs that have come out. Um, Love Yourself is probably the weakest of the three, but that's not bad by any stretch because the first two were just that great. So I liked it, and Kanye sounded like 2005 Kanye, which is very welcomed, especially when you listen to rap nowadays and you can't understand anything anyone's saying anymore. So shout out oh, to Kanye. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. And of course, your boy took a little bit of hitting. Um, or over the week because when this single dropped everyone was like a lot of readers of soul and stereo because we kind of drift back and forth between r&b and hip-hop a lot of hip-hop fans thought that this was mary j's first single so they're like oh this song is great and they're mostly kind of infatuated with the kanye verse which was good i think we were kind of overplaying it a little bit it was it was nostalgic and i think that was a good thing but some people overhyped it but that's another combo so when people heard this first song, they were like, oh, Mary's back. And I was like, well, it's good. Some of the the lyrics were a little, for lack of a better term, pedestrian. It was kind of like stuff we've heard before. And I really enjoyed the earlier two singles much more. So I'm with Kyle that I thought this was the third of the three singles. This was the weakest. Not that it was bad, but it was the weakest. And of course... The stands came out of the woodwork at me, but not saying it's bad, y'all. It's just not the best. But I do think that this is on track for being a very solid album. We'll see. I was a huge fan of my life, too, so we'll see if this is at least as good as that. It's interesting timing from my perspective because she's currently pushing the second single, You and Me, Love Lesson, which I actually like the best of the three. And uh, so I'm curious to see if she makes this a single. I mean, there's cover art and everything for it, so... That one has been rising. Is she going to now give up on that one? Is she going to go in a different format with this Kanye one? I'm not sure, so we'll have to wait and see. But with the reception from that Kanye verse alone, I think that one could be a pretty big hit on urban radio, the way people are just drooling over it. I do think you and me, you plus me, however you pronounce the thing, I think that one was the better song, but... If we're looking at recognition, she might want to go with the Kanye one. Can't really go wrong either way, though. 100%. She's going to get automatic spins just with that Kanye verse. Um, exactly. So, yeah, they, they should probably go with this one. I think they probably will leading up because the album comes out in a couple of weeks, right, Tom? Yeah, April 28th it is, so about four weeks. Do you guys find it interesting that Kanye has a verse but didn't produce a song? Uh, not really, because at this point, Kanye as a producer just isn't a thing. He's a producer like Puff Dad is a producer. He's right, the guy that right. comes in after the beat is produced, changes two things, and then gets the yeah. associate credit. So <laughs> Kanye doesn't do very much production anymore, so it's not a shock. Yeah. 
So, so I have Tom, a couple other uh, kind of current events. Can I move into those? Yeah, go ahead. This was my favorite story of the week, guys. Someone owes me an apology. Ready? Yep. Oh, boy. Who now? <laughs> I saw this headline. See, I'm not apologizing for once. Someone now owes me an apology. Woman arrested for repeatedly jamming to Ed Sheeran's Shape of You song. And you guys I know I trashed that. the song. <laughs> I heard you about guys that. know I, I trashed the song a few weeks ago. And you guys said, no, no, whatever, whatever. But anyway, there was a few quotes I had to, I had to repeat from this article. I love it. So she was facing complaints for playing the song nonstop for hours, first of all. She was quoted as saying, I don't even like his music. And then a neighbor who was disappointed with it said, I used to like Ed Sheeran, but I've taken him off my playlist. I love this oh, yeah. guy. <laughs> I, I wish I could break this. We could spend a whole podcast breaking this down. If you don't like the song, why are you bumping it endlessly? But that's my point, Ed. It's these poppy, catchy songs that people don't even like, but they can't help but continuously play them because that's how we are. That's the, that's the shape of music we're in right now, unfortunately. That's why Ed Sheeran was forced to do a song like that. And it works. It's so strange to me. It's like hypnosis. Like, you hate it, but you can't stop playing it because <laughs> it's in your brain. Like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever... And as we said in an earlier convo, I thought the song is okay. It's not really an Ed Sheeran song. It's okay. But, geez, you got this poor lady over here hypnotized, playing the stuff endlessly, <laughs> and she hates the song. And even her neighbor hates the song. Who likes this song? <sighs> Actually, Tom... This reminds me of another article that I read a couple of years ago. A lady from the UK was saying every time she heard the uh, the Neo, I think with Pitbull song, "Give Me Everything," it Ugh, would give it would give her seizure. It, it would give her seizures <laughs> and cause her to vomit uncontrollably. Oh man, that's amazing. So that's, I have that same issue listening to trap music. So I feel <laughs> her pain. Oh boy. Mm. All right, so I'll, I'll wait for my apology from Ed Sheeran for making us, forcing everyone to have to listen to that song. Uh, just don't hold your breath on that one. He's yeah, too busy, ca- busy swimming in his Scrooge McDuck money being off that song. Yeah, I oh, think he's boy. currently uh, cashing in that check right now. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll get to you eventually. Great, great. All right, a couple other quick things. These aren't current events, but I was just thinking about them over the week. So, Ed, this is for you. Levert, Sweat, mm-hmm. and Gill. Right. Yes. What were they? I uh, see. I'm not as familiar as you might have been with their history, but like I remember the hype for TGT was was the LSG hype way bigger? No, because we are in a different era. Like in today's social media inclined world, like everything is hyped endlessly. So when LSG dropped, we knew it was gonna be a big deal. But it wasn't the insane amount of hype and standing that we saw off of TGT. And the problem with that hype is that you just set the bar so freaking high that there's no way that you can meet expectations. LSG, we were like, here are three great artists that are going to put out some stuff, and it's either going to be solid or it's going to be great. And turned out it was great. TGT, you got these dudes talking about how they're going to take over R&B, and then you hear it, and it's okay, and then expectations aren't met. Got you. It's just interesting comparing the two because, you know, it's almost like you don't hear a lot about LSG. And these days, I mean, it's like three legends came together and put out good music. And it's like TGT got all the kind of hype. And like you said, well, the fans love TGT, though. So, I mean, we can't really say it didn't meet the hype, but just interesting. To think well, of yeah, and when I say it doesn't meet hype, I just kind of meant like as far as critical acclaim. Like it was the fans were pleased, but critically it was just kind of okay. And I mean, I'm in that I'm in that group. And it was all right. But we also have to remember the eras, too, because TGT dropped what, like 2000, what year was that? 13, 14? As yep. opposed to 97 when there was like just a glut of fantastic R&B artists. So even though they put out an album that I'd probably put it like four and a half stars, it was amongst this era where we had Butterfly and Mary J and all these other albums that just took our attention away. Now if somebody drops a four and a half star album, I'm screaming down the street. So just a different era. <laughs> and this one's for you, Kyle. You know, last week when you nominated Neo for the Hall of Fame, you mentioned he'd kind of win the Babyface Award. 
So it had yep. me thinking, is Neo's solo catalog comparable to Babyface's? Both of them as solo artists, ignoring the writing section. Oh, that's a great question. Ooh. I mean, we, that's a, probably a whole podcast topic. I just was thinking about it. It is. <laughs> yeah, that's, we can, that's we, a loaded question right there, Tom. <laughs> we're going to save that one for later, but just think about it, guys. Yeah, I'm going to have to put my cap on for this one because it's really close. Okay, we'll save yep. it. Uh, I've got a couple of other things I want to talk about uh, in terms of current events. First of all, Ludacris has a new song out and he samples the thong song. So that lets you guys know that we're getting old if he's sampling a yes, song from the play, 2000s. I heard that song over the weekend and I was like, because it was again one of these songs is getting retweeted and everybody's tagging me on my timeline. And I'm like, what is, I thought it was an old song because I didn't even realize he had something new. And the beat dropped, and I'm like, this is the freaking Thong song. And then we realized that the Thong song at this point is almost 20 years old. Oh my gosh, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, TLC actually announced that they're going to be uh, releasing their album in September. Um, wow, it was announced I didn't hear on, that. Uh, it was announced on Lisa Left Eye's... Uh, facebook page i'm not sure who's running that page but um <laughs> okay i'm just keeping it real uh but it's going to be released in september their lead single is going to be a song called way back with our boy snoop doggy dog hmm all right that's so, better than i'm gonna that's reserve than being, judgment having, until i hear said song I'd rather see someone like Snoop Dogg, who's of their generation, than a, someone like Future featured on the first single. So I'm happy to hear that. Oh God, <laughs> play! Uh, please keep that thing away from them. Please, I don't care that they're both in Atlanta. Keep them away. I'm sure there's someone out there waiting for a TLC featuring Little Uzi Vert song. Not <laughs> oh, me though. Man. I'm sure there's someone out there that likes drinking bleach. I don't want them anywhere near me. <laughs> Damn. Now, Tom, I know we want to get into our uh, main discussion or our special topic for today, and we got to have it around our girl, the R&B queen, Mary J. Blige, right? Yes, the title of this podcast is Someone Tell Mary J. Blige to Hit Us Up. And why am I titling it that? Because I heard her interviews on The Breakfast Club and Angie Martinez and all these things recently. And man, they, all they do is ask her about her personal life and her drama and her marriage and her divorce. Man, I really would love for us three to interview her and just talk to her about her music, her artistry, her legacy. Man, it's like you never get to hear about that side of Mary J. Blige. So with that being said, I really just want to you know, take some time to, to discuss her career and um, you know, the legendary career she's had so far. But before we get into that, guys, I have a challenge for you. Kyle and Ed, between the oh two boy, of you, mm -hmm. can you name the album? Name her first thirteen album titles. Well, name all of her album titles in order. In order, gosh, <laughs> yes, I can if, name them. I don't know if I can name in them order. in order. You could do it as a team. <sighs> all right. Um, all right. You ready, Kyle? All right. We'll take turns. You go first. Um. What's the four one one? Easy. Then we've got my life. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite, Share My World. That's my favorite, too, actually. Uh, wow. Then we've got we've got the, the Mary album, which I didn't really love as much as you guys do, but we've got the Mary album. It was different. I remember at the time when it came out, it was just so... It was away from the urban sound and more to a more throwback, soulful 60s sound. So it was jarring, but it's one of those ones that really grew on me. It's one of her best albums. And okay, then. so we did that one. All right, let me think. Um, oh, no more drama. The the one these radio interviewers need to remember. She says she don't want no more drama. Leave her alone. Talk about her music. Mm -hmm. Not whether she's still beefing with Faith Evans. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, on that album, they had a good song with uh, the clips. Mm-hmm. I don't Wait, remember the clips not... being on that album. <laughs> It's not actually the clips. Oh my god! No, it's, it was Pusher, I believe. It actually oh, it was wasn't. one of them. It actually it was neither of them. 
Wait a minute, what? But look it up. It's actually neither of them. It's some guy we never heard of before. Some guy named Bubonic. No, it's not Bubonic. That's what it says on Wikipedia right now. <laughs> That's wrong. First of all, Wikipedia is not the most trusted of sources. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, can you get back to the challenge? Sorry. Yeah, it's like we're all off track. What album are we on? So we got no more no drama. More drama. Then we have the uh, that Diddy album. What was it? It was not good. Uh, Love and Life, I think it was. Love and Life, probably yep. my least favorite of her albums. Kyle, you know the next two. Next three. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. Ed, what do you got? Love and Life, and oh. then? Oh, I got Come the next on, three. Come on, the easy one. You know oh, okay. the next three, Kyle. All right, we got we got the breakthrough. We've yeah, got that's one of her best. Growing pains, which I liked. Yep. And mm, then we, right. uh, we have. Uh, what was it that? gets a little fuzzy after that. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of kind of the step oh, down the tier. It was the album with that with that horrible Drake song, which sounded like it was from like Transformers. Uh, stronger stronger with each tier. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. There was no Drake song on that album that I remember. The one? No, that's... See, you're skipping ahead now. That's My Life too. No, that was... Uh, no, no he, that was... He's, uh, he's right, actually. The one is on that album. She had two Drake songs. The one was on Struggle With Each Tear. And then... Uh, and then she had the other song with Drake. What was it called? Mr. Wrong. Was on my life too. Oh yes, no, you're right. My mistake. You're right. Forgot about that. Conflating yep. the two songs. Yeah, I did not like that original Drake song. Yep. Mr. Wrong's okay. Yep. So we have Stronger, and then Ed, your favorite album. <laughs> not gonna go that far, but I <laughs> liked it. My life too. And then we have and- the uh, the London sessions, which I think. I gotta give her props for it because she attempted something new, but it just didn't really. No one really cared about it. And don't forget, it just, I feel like it didn't really get the push it deserved. It was okay. It certainly wasn't her worst effort, but I think we kind of forget about that one. Don't forget yep. the "Think Like a Man" two soundtrack, which actually counts as an album from her. Yeah, right. and I thought that album, that soundtrack, was pretty okay. Yeah, that was solid. And then the new one, Strength of a Woman, which will be out later this month. So, mm-hmm. all right, guys, you did it. So, I think we all agree. Well, maybe you don't. Wait, Kyle, what's our prize? Uh, there's no prize. You Look, get to- if Tom's giving out prizes, I don't want a bushel of baked chicken up at my doorstep. You want we something? Keep I send you a, a pack of frozen grilled chicken. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> keep it, player. All right. So... First four albums, classic, yes or no? Uh, I'd say first three. But again, um, I wasn't a big fan of Not the, the first... One. Yeah, I wouldn't say Mary's a classic. Okay. My Life is definitely a classic. Share My World is close. But I don't know if I would call it a classic. Mm, interesting. You can make a stronger case for what's the four one one being a classic, but I, I would only consider my life a classic of the, of the three. What's the four one one has to be considered a classic because of the impact, though? Don't you think? Exactly, and that's what makes it so high on my list because, as I've discussed before, I feel like we've kind of con- misconstrued how we see a classic, and I wouldn't call what's the four one one a five star album. I right. think of the three, I would put the um, Share My World and My Life above it. But when you think about the impact, I think that's what pushes it to classic territory. And I don't even know if Share My World has had the impact that that one has had. So definitely My um, my Life is a classic. And you could probably convince me that 411 is too. I agree. I, I think, what about you, like in terms of you, Kyle, what's your... How do you rank those first three? Um, I mean, you got to put my life as number one. Uh, I actually enjoyed Share My World the most. Yeah. Um, 
what's the 411 is probably number three. Um, I did like some of her later albums as well. Um, I forget if it was The Breakthrough or Growing Pains. Those albums kind of end up sounding alike when you listen to well, them back to back. But That was um, my next question w- for you guys. What, what is your yeah. next? What is, what is her best album after, say, her first four, if you were to pick one? For me, it's my life, too. And then really? probably oh. pretty closely, I would say No More Drama. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I would uh, personally ahead, flip-flop between uh, The Breakthrough and Growing Pains. Probably leaning towards The Breakthrough, but it, it's close. Yeah, my fault. I forgot about The Breakthrough. Breakthrough is definitely number four for me. For me, it's My Life, Share My World, 411 Breakthrough. You didn't like Mary. Damn. I thought it was... A really strong album. No, Mary was... I'd probably put Mary at number five. If you check out com, about a year ago, I ranked Mary's albums, and I believe Mary was probably, like, number five. Mary J doesn't have too many bad albums. Really, once you get past those first top three, everything else is just in this category where they're just really, really good. Well, that's that leads me to my next question, because... I mean, I wouldn't say she fell off, but she hasn't been as successful as she was previously. So would you guys say there was a point where the quality wasn't as good? Like, how did you guys see it? Yeah, when you look at her career arc, the first four or so albums were very strong, even though Mary, the Mary album, was very different. I think Love and Life was like the biggest misstep because she tried to recapture that magic with Puff, and it just did not work. And from there, she rebounded. Guess that's when we got um, Breakthrough and all those. But then the kind of stronger with each tier era to me is kind of in. So even though she had this phenomenal catalog of of, um, great albums, I'd say the back half is a little bit weaker. But that's just to be expected with an artist who's been doing this like 30 years. It's hard to maintain that level of consistency for that long. I agree. And now, um, yeah, go ahead, Kyle. I was going to say, like, it seems like after the breakthrough, she stopped evolving as an artist. Because I remember listening, like I mentioned, to Growing Pains. Sounds very similar to the breakthrough, as well as um, Stronger with Each Tear. Sounded very similar as mm-hmm. well. I think My Life too. she started to steer back into, you know, she steered into a different direction and it kind of worked for her. And um, that's where we kind of are now. Well, it's kind of interesting that she's worked with so many different writers and producers, seemingly almost in every album. She kind of works with, I don't want to say who's popular at the time, but, you know, she changes through so many and still has success. Do you think it's affected her sound, you know, as she's progressed, that she's worked with, you know, so many different writers and producers? I don't know if it's affected her sound. In in some sense, it's helped her stay relevant. So she's been able to evolve a little bit. And her and also helps her fan base is so freaking rabid. But I understand the point that you're saying in that her core sound like shifts all over the place sometimes. Right, right. And I yeah. think that it kind of it's hard to grasp, especially some of these newer projects. In a way, it's hurt her, but I don't think it's been detrimental. I think it's sometimes caused a few missteps, but... Really, my problem with most of the later albums is just a lack of consistency. There'll be like two really good songs and then six or seven eight ones. So yeah. I just and that's what I'm looking for in this next album. These singles seem to make me feel a little better about it, but I just want some consistency outside of the two radio singles that are fun, and then everything else is just man. Yeah, essentially, I mean, like with her sound, the the strength that comes with mary's career is that she'll always have her sound she has this skill where you can put her on any sound sa- any song and it'll sound like a mary j blige record so mm. i don't think that's it's true. that much of a detrimental to her career it's cool to see the success the uh excitement for this new music especially because i feel like her previous albums haven't been as well received like the the i know it wasn't official wasn't an official mary j album but the 
Think Like a Man 2 soundtrack sold like 8,000 copies I read. I mean, so, I mean, London Sessions, I don't know the numbers, but I feel like the great thing about Mary is people still appreciate her and are still excited for her new music from her, even if she hasn't been as successful. Do you guys see it that way? I see it that way, definitely. I have joked before about Mary J's um, very passionate fan base on Twitter who has always been very vocal on my timeline i remember in fact when i reviewed think like a man too i gave it four stars and this wayward mary stan like cursed me out and it was like how dare i disrespect the queen by giving her four stars i was like blair you know what gets four stars around here chill out that was a good review so i think her fans are gonna gravitate toward everything but with this song with kanye with this other kind of push and for better or worse with her kind of high profile marriage issues i think that's gonna branch this out beyond her usual fan base and a little bit more into the mainstream for those people who are like oh i forgot about mary i haven't heard an album from her since i don't know the 99 joint so i think eyes are going to be on her now and i think that she's putting out songs that will not only appeal to her core fan base but get some of those fans that may have drifted off too to get back eyes on the queen, so to speak. Yep. I was just looking at the uh, the track list for the new album. How do you think this song is going to turn out? You have Missy Elliott on it. You've got Quavo from the Migos, which is one of Ed's favorite groups of all time. And <laughs> we have, and we have the, the legendary Instagram Snapchat user DJ Khaled on the song as well. Oh, it's going to be a whole lot of screaming on the chorus. Yeah. That's what I can tell you about that song. <laughs> Good God. That, uh, where's DJ Clue? All they need is DJ Clue and Kurt Franklin to just make the screaming chorus super team. Oh, man. Last thing I'll ask you guys about Mary. Who's come closest? I mean, there will be, never be another Mary J, but who's been like closest to her level? Of, like, Who's been the next most successful female in her time You know, since she's been out? Would you say for mm. R for R and B? Are we saying mm. Beyonce? We you know we calling her pop. Like how how are you looking at it? I think it's a different audience. So so I wouldn't who, I wouldn't really say Beyonce. Who would we? Uh, hmm. I mean, there's obvious I comparisons would. with Faith, but she hasn't really been in as, as consistent and hasn't put out as much material. Yeah, I would, and it's funny, I would actually say Beyonce, but in a different way, because Mary was able to galvanize younger, not younger, but female listeners, and to take them on her story, and to relate to them on a way that a lot of artists couldn't, and Beyonce has been able to do that too, to a greater level, and more to a poppy level, but as far as being like the representative for women in R&B, I think that Beyonce probably follows that the closest. Now, when it comes to sounding like him and material sounding like him, I think Keisha Cole was the blueprint. She mm. definitely followed Mary's sound. But, of course, when you just compare success, there's no question that she couldn't reach that level. Right. Yep. Mm. So, safe, safe to say we're excited for the return of Mary J. Blige this month. So, definitely look out for that new album, Strength of a Woman. And she needs to come to us so we can interview her. That was the whole point of this discussion. Yes. So, Mary, if you're listening, haul at us. Yes, it, come get a real interview and stop having people asking about who you were beefing with in 1996. Come on, y'all. I have a feeling it might turn out like the Essence Festival when we went just to meet Usher and we failed. So, we'll have to stay tuned. <laughs> yep. Oh, I'm, <laughs> Can I share a great story with you guys? Do your thing. Actually, if you go back to like episode 10, I think I told you guys this story. But uh, <laughs> We were all excited to meet Usher at the Essence Festival. We had a whole campaign going. We're sitting in the press room. And what usually happens is the day that the artist performs at the festival, they you know first show up to the press room, talk to them, get a couple of photos in. We're sitting in the press room for about an hour. Um, one of the coordinators for the uh, press room comes in and says... Usher will not be coming in today. And that was that. Devastation. So we didn't get to meet Usher. <laughs> yeah. It was tough. It was. Yeah. He's another one we'd love to interview about the music, and we haven't got a chance. But 
So, I'll let y'all have that interview. I don't know if I would <laughs> last longer than ten minutes, and then I'd probably get kicked out. Oh, yeah, boy. I think we need a cool we need a cool down period before we uh before we talk to Usher. Now we're still mad about the last yeah. album. Well, I hope his team yeah, is I hope his team hasn't listened to any of these podcasts, or else they'll probably turn us down instantly. I hear that they'll be fine. Mary J stands clearly listen to the podcast, and they all up in my timeline, so they'll get over it. <laughs> it's all good. Now, of course, we know Mary J Blige is a legend, and we've been talking about legends. That was the whole point of our last discussion. We were talking about the you know I got soul and stereo. Hall of Fame, the R&B Hall of Fame, and we got a lot of hateful comments, a lot of angry fans. Ed, please address these people, because if you don't, I will. <laughs> Player, I feel, I feel like this podcast needs to just have like an edge corner where we just play some music and I just like yell and scream for like five minutes. So here we go. For those fans who love to come at us on Twitter about the Hall of Fame, let me give you three reasons, players, that you need to calm yourself down. Number one, patience. Be patient. Just because we didn't nominate your favorite artist yet for the Hall of Fame doesn't mean they're being snubbed. This, we're going to do this podcast for a long time. So be patient. Your artists will get there unless they're garbage and then they will not. Number two, just because your favorite artist didn't make the cut doesn't mean they're trash unless they are trash. And if that's the case, that's a personal problem between you and that artist. Tell them to step the game up. But anyway, this is a Hall of Fame. So a Hall of Fame means we are spotlighting elite artists, not somebody who just dropped an album in the Clinton years that you liked. So sorry. <laughs> Only the best of the best are going to get in this. So y'all chill out. We will get to the best ones. And finally, if you have an artist that you want to nominate, holler at us on Twitter. You know where to find us, E.T. Bowser or Y-K-I-G-S. Either of those counts are fine. Send us a tweet. Tell us why we should nominate your favorite artist and make the case for them. Like, this is your opportunity to tell us why they should be nominated. And we love to interact with y'all. So we got a lot of great, great, great nominations over the past week. So we're going to be kind of unfolding those as the days roll on. So if you have someone you want to nominate, shout us out. If they don't get nominated, sorry, your favorite artist is kind of lame. But we're only doing the cream of the crop. So, right. Chill out. Can I say now, one quick I, thing, Kyle? <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, real quick. Man, we didn't put Aaliyah in. You, you'd think we drove to her gravesite and took a piss on it the way people were acting. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I couldn't believe some of these comments I was reading. Like, we love Aaliyah, but everyone can't get in the Hall of Fame, man. That's all. But she no, did. Oh, everybody but, can. But she did. Shout like, out to my dude anymore. that was... Shout out to whoever the Wait, homie she, was. She that was like, in. oh, no one... Yeah, you guys voted yeah. yes. I voted no. It was two to one. Oh, she no, got in. No, Aaliyah still, got in. And we still got those comments? But the, oh, my God. Yes, people were still like, oh, what have you done with your life? What are you doing? What are, listen, players, Soul and Stereo, you know I got sold some of the biggest numbers on the internet worldwide for R&B and for hip-hop. We doing something with our life. We ain't just Twitter trolling. Oh, Chill man. out. I mean, somebody else was like... <laughs> What did he say? He was like, I can't, you only have like a handful of listeners on this podcast, but clearly you're one and a handful because you listen to us. So thank you for giving us that extra listen, player. I love the controversy. Oh, Tom, you're getting me hot. I need to chill. Everyone calm down. All right. Well, actually, we did receive a compliment from one of our YouTube listeners who said that, uh, you know, he he goes to bed listening to our podcast. Oh, my God. I don't know if that's a good thing. I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I didn't take that no, as a compliment. No, that's a good thing. I didn't take that no, as a compliment. No, that's, that's a compliment. It's like before you go to bed, you know, you, you get you get a good book. You get some, you know, something that'll lull you to sleep. Lull you to sleep? But keeps you like... Damn. Yeah, something that'll keep your mind popping, but, you know, drift off. That's cool. I take it as a compliment. No, no. I don't know how they can sleep through us yelling at each other all for an hour, but whatever. All right, we'll move on in the interest of time into our Hall of Fame discussion. Okay, the Hall of Fame discussion. So, as Ed mentioned, well, number one, I got to clarify something. There's a difference between nominating someone and inducting someone. Nominating someone is bringing it for discussion. Inducting someone means actually putting them into the Hall of Fame. 
So I got a couple of hate comments on, you know, asking why Trey Songs was inducted into the Hall of Fame. No, he was nominated. The vote said no, so he's not in the Hall of Fame. But anyway, as we go into this week's edition, so we're going to have a fan pick, and we're also going to have a, you know, I got so in stereo collective pick. So the fan pick, I got a lot of mentions for this one, and that is Brian McKnight. Um, what can I say about Brian McKnight? He ran the 90s with solid R&B tracks crossed over to pop. Back at One is still one of the biggest 90s songs, period. Transitioned over to the 2000s, had some success there, and is now doing it completely independently. Does he make the Hall of Fame? Ooh, that's a tough one. You know, some people would... Oh, go ahead, Tom. No, no, you go first, Ed. Let me think on it. Um, a lot of people would kind of see Brian McKnight as a shoe-in, and I don't think that he is a shoe-in. And let me explain why. The front half of his career is so strong. Like you mentioned with Back at One, huge release, anytime, huge release. Um, and even some of the earlier stuff, like his debut, they were really strong. But it's like once he hit that kind of like that mid-2000s era... Man, it just kind of just didn't work out. It's just things like really kind of slid off. So when you look at the totality of his career, that second half is not nearly as strong as the first half. And if you go back to our discussion with Mary J, we talk about how once an artist is hits like that second decade and third decade, the the output is going to be a little bit shaky. And that's just reality. But even with a Mary J Blige or my boy Keith or some of these other artists, even an R. Kelly, they've still been able to maintain a little level of consistency on that second half. My boy Brian just really slid off in that second half. But for me, you can't look past the work he did in the 90s and the early 2000s and the impact he had there. So I would give him the nod. He gets my nomination. Kind of close, but I'll give it to him. I'm going to say... Yes, and I think it's super close, but I'm going to say yes only because when I think about the 90s, male R&B singers, was he among the best of, of his generation? I can't really think of five that were better than him. You know, as a singer, songwriter, producer, musician, I mean, he does it all. Great performer. Had hits, had pop hits. I have to say yes. Even, But I agree with your point, Ed. He... You know, the material just wasn't as strong as he progressed on. I think he might have struggled with trying to, you know, remain commercially relevant a bit. But, yeah, I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I was going to say yes as well, but then I remembered he had that uh, let me show you how my, how your whatever works song. <laughs> oh, man. So that kind of has me steering the other way. But, no, you guys are right. When you think of the 90s. You gotta have Brian McKnight in that discussion. He was part of that. Great vocalist then, great vocalist now. I agree with you guys. The latter part of his career has been kind of, eh. Like, he should be still relevant in Urban AC, but he's not. But you can't take away from all that he accomplished in the the 90s. And this is a Hall of Fame. So you gotta give it to Brian McKnight. He's in. He's in. Alright, my turn. So, for our other one, I'm going to bring bring it up this week. I found one who is probably, it could go either way. Uh, this artist is currently performing in a musical across the nation, uh, an adaptation of The Bodyguard. She just released an EP covering Whitney's Houston songs from the movie, and that is Deborah Cox. Now, I'll let you guys share your thoughts on it. Oh, Deborah Cox. Oh, in another world, you would be my wife. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? That but we're count. talking about music, and we're not talking about um, 90s crushes. So, oh, Deborah, I love you to death. Her first album, amazing. Her second album, even better. She was really on track to really, to me, dominate the 90s. I remember picking her and Kelly Price as the two that I thought were going to just, like, dominate the 2000s and unfortunately that just didn't happen i think vocally she's among one of the best ever ever like ever i put her vocals up there 
across the totality of R&B as far as just strong, pure, clear vocals. And although I love that child to death, I I just can't do it because the output just isn't there. Her first two albums are great. She's had some really good singles here and there that have gone under the radar that I'm fans of. But even though the pipes are wonderful and those first two albums are great, I just don't see it as a kind of a game-changing influence over R&B to put her in. So regretfully, I got to tear my heart out and say no. And now we got to get divorced. Damn. It's you know right. what? You still, got, am... you still got Adina Howard, Ed. Yes, I still got Adina. <laughs> She'll never let me down. Yep. Uh, Ed, you know what? I'm a thousand percent um, with you on this one. The reason I say that, like you said, the first two albums were amazing. But for my um, analysis and how I kind of determine whether you're in the Hall of Fame or not, you got to at least give me three. They don't have to be classics, but they have to be three great albums. The ones after that, they were okay. I don't think they were great by any stretch. So, you know, she has the first two and that's it. So I'm. it's going to be a no, but I'll also give her a another half a mark just because she's from Canada. So she's at a 2.5. And that's all I can really <laughs> give her right now, so... Deborah, I'm sorry as well. Player, you can't cheat. You can't cheat for your country women. If I can't cheat for my wives, you can't cheat for your country women. Yeah, Damn. another tough blow to Canada. Unfortunately, she's out. <laughs> but I think we all agree. The unfortunate thing is she hasn't had a new album in almost a decade now. So it's kind of like she. That's cr- yeah. Yeah. Almost. I did not think of it until you just said that. But you're right because the promise was yep. I hadn't even. I think I had just launched my site. So, yeah, that would have been like 08. 08? That was one of the first albums I reviewed. Yeah. Damn. So, it's okay, guys. Yeah. Um, there's probably a new R&B fan out there who doesn't know Deborah Cox's music at all that's going to download this new EP that she released with the Whitney Houston covers. Not even know that they're Whitney's, Whitney Houston songs, and she's going to be. Oh, and that, my God. That person's going to be like, man, this is amazing music. So that 2.5 might turn into a 3. Who knows? Oh, boy. Well, yeah, we're talking vocally. Like, there is no question that she is up there. But for any new fan, I would tell her, him or her, to go check out her debut album from 95. That thing is just loaded with bangers. And then her second album, One Wish, Nobody's Supposed to Be Here, was like a record-breaking song. That one was like on the top of the charts forever. And for someone who lived... Through 1998 R&B, that I can tell you, that song did not leave radio rotation for like a year and a half. Right. That song was huge. But after that, it just kind of, she kind of like drifted over to dance. She had a bunch of number one dance songs. But as great as she is, she just couldn't recapture the, the magic of those first two albums. Mm-hmm. Tom, the good news is uh, with the release of her latest EP, she won't be in our Milk Card Edition. Milk oh, Card Edition. But who is this time around? All right. Here's a name you guys probably haven't heard in, uh, I don't know, 20 years, maybe. Tony Rich. Kyle, do you even know? Oh, the Tony Rich Project. Kyle, do you even Look know who that this. is? You know what? <laughs> no. I, I don't. But I think our what? girl, Lachelle Wallace, <laughs> talks about him all the time. So, he who is actually, Tony Rich? Educate me. He won the Grammy for Best R&B Album in 1997. He had a, a huge song, Nobody Knows. Sad song. but Good God, a sad song. Yeah. But uh, I looked him up. Can't find any traces of him being active anywhere. I think he did put out some songs like years ago, a few years ago. But like he's not even on social media. I, I, I don't know where this guy is. He might be... Working in Walmart at this point? I don't know. No <laughs> idea. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, Where do you go from No, being- he's right. Uh, about a year ago, I always get um, a lot of people and readers who suggest artists actually look up for our whatever happened to section on Soul and Stereo. And he was someone I tried to research. And I couldn't really do anything on him because after his second album, he just kind of fell off the earth. And he has put out... Um, a few albums here and there over the years, but it's just been so little written, and he's just been so under the radar. It was tough for me to pull something together on him. So 
if Tony's out there listening or like a Tony family member's out there, hit your boy up so we can track him down and get some some buzz going about him. Because that Words album was pretty big in 96. Yeah, so it's amazing how you go from winning the Grammy, you're on top of the world, and it just doesn't turn out like you expect in your career. I mean, that was his debut, so no idea where he's at. I wonder if you can buy his Grammy award on eBay. You know, I know a lot of artists do that to make extra income. They just sell off their accolades. Maybe if I go on eBay Yeah, right that's so sad, player. <laughs> yeah, it's sad to say. I mean, athletes do that with, like, championship rings and stuff, you know? Well, they need money. They do. So. Better uh, go on GoFundMe like TLC did. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Tony Rich, if you're out there, we're waiting for you. All right, what else we got? The food discussion? We got the food discussion. Man, any of you guys got something to say, or you want to hear me talk about chicken again? (laughs) Let's talk about anything but Tom's chicken, please. Uh, Let's talk about coffee and and tea and things that we drink in the morning. I think we've been talking about fast food for the last, like, 35 episodes. I love coffee. Where do do we get the best coffee from, guys? Ed, are you a coffee drinker? Absolutely not. Coffee is disgusting. (laughs) It's disgusting. Listen, player, do you realize what you're drinking? You're putting dirt in a cup of (laughs) hot water. Player, you're drinking mud. You are drinking mud. It comes from beans, man. It's dirty beans. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Of course Ed would not drink coffee because I love coffee. So we always have to be opposite. (laughs) It's disgusting. Jeez. So what do you have? What do you want? Red Bull every day? I actually do like Red Bull. But I haven't had oh, one in like a long time. <laughs> no, player. I just I I have my water in the morning, and then I usually have like some lemonade at night, and I'm usually straight. Damn, you must be a low energy individual. Did you just meet me? I'm the opposite <laughs> of low energy. I'm low. Get me hyped about some um, albums, and I am very high energy. I, you need to keep away the the Red Bulls away from me. Yeah, this caffeine can't be good for Ed, so he has to lay low. <laughs> All I know is um, when Kyle came to New York, he took me to Tim Hortons, which is huge in Canada, apparently, and uh, got me some snow cap thing or something. I don't know. It was kind of gross. It's an ice cap. <laughs> it's an oh. ice cappuccino. It's big in Canada. Yeah. And yeah. see, that's even worse to me. Like, cold coffee? Like, ugh. Oh, my goodness. What are y'all doing? So if you're, if you're a dragon one day and, like, you're, like, super tired, you didn't get sleep, what are you reaching for that day? Yeah, what's what's the go-to? Red Bull? I'll usually, no, I'll just get, like, a handful of candy. Like, that's candy? the only thing that'll get me going. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Candy? At 8 in the morning? Well, first of all, yes. Wow. Look, I ain't eating nothing now. I got some jelly beans right beside me. Yeah, Trying not to chew into the mic, though. Who's drink, Who's eating Skittles at first thing in the morning, though? Me. I'll raise my hand because wow. that is definitely what I'm eating first thing in the morning. That's weird. Wow. Do you put Do you what? put ketchup on your Skittles? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> my God. <laughs> well, what do you put in your coffee? Is what I want to know. Do you drink it like straight up dirt, or do you put sugar actually, in it to like mask the dirtiness? Actually, I put a, a drop of skim milk, and that's it. I drop. <laughs> Why did I ask? Play uh, That's pretty much it. I have a question. Where do you for get you guys? dirt from, though? I don't. I don't. Jeez. Yeah. I have a. I have a question. So, Tom, you. We've always had this discussion. Um, people at work that decide to drink soda or eat junk food way too early in the morning. At what point in the day is it acceptable to open up a can of Coke? That's a great question. Ed, Ed can probably... <laughs> I already don't mean that. This is actually debated a lot in my office. You want my answer? My answer is 11 a.m. Eastern time. Eastern time? <laughs> yes. It ha- why does it have to be 11 a.m. Eastern time? Actually, I don't know why I said Eastern time, but yes, 11 a.m. Lord, it... Rebuttal. To be fair, I usually won't drink a soda until at least like lunch, so like afternoon, and I don't mess with sodas too much anymore anyway. But 
If I decided to have a soda at 9 o'clock, I'm a grown man. I'm going to have my soda and my bowl of ice cream for for breakfast, and wow. I'll just run on it. Wow. Wow. Well, Play, I'm grown. I'll eat what I want. Let me ask you so, one last thing. Is it ever acceptable to be walking around outside drinking a two liter of soda? <laughs> <laughs> clearly clearly you have seen this on the streets of nyc because yes, yes. i have never seen that in my life yes it's... now how did you even grip it <laughs> you have to hold it with two hands like a baby with a sippy cup <laughs> i've seen it all ed believe it or my not though, gosh. it's probably cheaper to buy the two liter than it is to buy like a can so in what universe is a two liter cheaper than a can? <laughs> it might be. I'm telling you. When those two liters are on sale, they're like a buck. I guess I need to get more two liters in my life because I sure thought they were like three dollars. Hmm. And then you could always go with the uh, not the non name brand like Mister Lightning or something, and it's even cheaper. <laughs> Mister Lightning. <laughs> yes. Yep. Mr. Lightning Cola. I've seen that, too. I mean, I've seen RC Cola, but I have not seen Mr. Lightning. What kind of bodega are you going to <laughs> getting Mr. Lightning Cola? It's 99 cents, Ed. What, can, you, can you really argue? <laughs> I can't argue if it tastes like garbage. If your name is garbage, I don't know what your output is going to be. Man. Hey, lastly, I remember... Um, a drink that used to exist. I don't think it exists anymore, Tom. I think you had it in Connecticut, right? That sport drink. Oh, it was actually all like a, sport. Do you remember that, Ed? No, what's it called? All sport. Oh man, it was like carbonated. It's vaguely familiar. It was like carbonated um, Gatorade with sugar. It tasted like yeah, steel drink and soda. yeah. And I vaguely remember this. This came out around. Was it like ninety nine, two thousand? No, no. I'm going to say I was in college when I had I this. think it was earlier than that. Wait, I definitely remember this. Wait, though, actually, no. I've had uh, yeah, you're right, actually. 90, yeah, not yeah, because I was in high school. You're right. I remember Shaq was the sponsor, yeah, I, I think, of it. Yep, yep, that was college. Yep, I remember this. Oh, man. I got to go on eBay and see if I can find a bottle of that. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. That was pretty good, if I remember it correctly. Yeah, I know. Yep. <laughs> Look, we actually agree on something. This of course, t- like two minutes before we end the podcast. Probably won't happen anytime soon, so t- you know, gotta celebrate <laughs> while you can. <laughs> All right, that's enough, guys. You can go on eBay and get your twenty-year-old soda, and good luck to you. <laughs> um, that seems to be it for this week's podcast. Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? Yeah, let's see what's going on with Soul and Stereo. Next week, we've got um, yet another of our beloved Love Letters columns coming back. Every time I take a few weeks off, I get like 15 questions in my inbox. It is insane how much people love that column. So I'll be answering a few of those questions and keeping an eye out for these new releases that will be dropping soon. I think April's going to be a busy month. So keep an eye on the site for a bunch of new releases. Hmm. Tom? What's going on with You Know I Got Soul? We don't have too much going on. Uh, like I mentioned, we got the Spotify playlist out. We just put out an article on the new albums coming in April. Check those out. Uh, not really many interviews lined up. Um, kind of slow in that area, but we'll get some things going soon. You got anything coming up in Canada there, Kyle? No, nothing. Uh, go- Actually, Cisco might be coming in about a week for a show here, so I might get a chance to talk to Cisco, which should be fun. But uh, before we get out of here, I got two points that I want to make. I forgot to talk about them earlier. So Trey Song's new album, Tremaine, did about sixty to 65000 which is actually pretty good considering we all thought. Way more than I expected. Yeah. Way more. And then uh, the second thing that I was going to say was, uh, and this is completely unrelated to R&B, but I'm going to somehow figure out how to. Actually, I think I know how. So Tracy McGrady got inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame. So congrats to Tracy McGrady, which leads to the question of last week, Tom, you were comparing Drew Hill to Tracy McGrady. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. So that is true. So is Drew Hill in the R&B Hall of Fame now? 
I didn't even think Tracy McGrady should have been in the Hall of Fame, to be honest. I just debated with someone yesterday. Wow. But that's another discussion so, for another time. All right, I will uh, be sure to bring that up with Cisco. This is Kyle, that's okay. Ed, that's Tom, and we are out. Peace. Peace. Aye.